Hello, and welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. My guest today is Talia Guten. Talia is a professional certified coach from the Coactive Training Institute. She's also received a lot of training in somatic and human needs psychology, leadership development, relationship coaching, mindfulness, and NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. She's also a yoga teacher. She is a former model who has been through a lot. She tells a story about being sexually taken advantage of when she was younger and how that led her down this path of trying to figure out who she was and how her life unfolded. She currently is employed by Vienna Farron, who is at Mindful MFT. She is coaching women and couples about their relationships with themselves and the world. And in this conversation, we dive deep into the topic of authenticity. What does it mean? How does it happen? Why is it important? And one thing I loved about the conversation is Talia describes authenticity not as a singular expression, like one and done, but rather an ongoing dialogue or conversation that you have with yourself continually. And this makes sense to me because I am perpetually evolving, expanding, changing. And so it makes sense then that I need to check in with myself regularly to unpack and understand what it means to be authentically me. So if you are looking for ways to fully express yourself, to be more authentic in your workplace, in your relationships, in the world, then this is a good one for you. And I think you're really going to dig what Talia has to say. So without further ado, here is Talia Guten. This episode is brought to you by Cured Nutrition. Cured is the leader in CBD supplementation with an entire line of products designed to take your everyday life to its ultimate potential. Their daily staples are formulated with an in-house clinical herbalist, which has taken the traditional CBD regimen to an entirely new level of optimization. If you're anything like me, you like waking up feeling good and living well, you've probably toyed around with the idea of finding healthy alternatives to jumpstart your morning. Personally, it's why I start my day with Cured Rise, which is their focus supplement. It's a powerhouse blend of functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps, broad-spectrum CBD, and powerful adaptogens. It gives me clean, clear, and sustained energy without any of the caffeine jitters or a crash that I get with coffee. After I get going, Aura is next. It's another blend of functional mushrooms, CBD, and adaptogens, but it's got a twist. We all know how important it is to sustain our immunity nowadays, and this covers all of my bases. The vitamin D, prebiotics, crucial antioxidants are delivered straight to the gut, which is the foundation of our emotional and physical health, am I right? Second brain. It's where the majority of our serotonin production and immune function begin, or it keeps everything in check performing at its best, so I have one less thing to worry about, and I obviously cannot forget Zen. I use it every night. It is certainly why it has become Cure's number one selling relaxation and sleep product. You know the long nights spent tossing and turning? Yeah, not with this stuff. It has ingredients like reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, magnesium, passion flower, broad spectrum CBD, so thankfully, Restlessness is something of the past. Cured Nutrition products are your answer for a daily dose of health. Visit curednutrition.com. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com. Be sure to use the coupon code LOVEBOMBS, and at the checkout, you will save 10% off your order. Talia Guten, welcome to the podcast. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, we were just catching up. And since we've seen each other, you have become a mom and moved and going under undergoing all kinds of life changes. But um, for those listening that are that are like, who's Talia Guten? I have no idea who this lady is. How do you describe yourself? Like, who are you? Oh, man, are we talking about <laughs> like existentially here? Like, symbolic? yeah. 
I just love that question as an opening because sometimes people yeah, have right. the prepared elevator pitch and like, I'm an author, I'm a published yeah. writer or whatever. And then occasionally people are like, oh gosh, where do I begin? How do I even start? Um, so whatever you feel like saying really. Yeah. So I am a mother. That is something that is very present for me right now. Um, in addition to that, I work as um, a coach and I have been working actually with um, on the mindful MFP team as a resident coach for quite some time um, and working um, primarily with people around the topic of authenticity, which I know we're going to be exploring a, a little bit today. I'm a coach. I'm a mother. I'm a writer. I'm a speaker. Um, I'm a yoga teacher. I am a lifelong learner. And yeah, really. And then in the existential sense, always asking myself that question, who am I and, and what am I here for and, and who am I really? Um, so it's sort of a, an esoteric response, I guess I saw on that side of the poll. Um, but that's, that's a little bit about um, who I am. Yeah, I watched a, a video on your website earlier today and you were talking about your experience living in Israel as a model and then flying to LA with some shady agent guy. And I was, I had no idea about that whole part of your life. Um, and then now you're working with Vienna. I call her Vienna Ferone, a conscious queen on a throne with a mind of her own. I don't know if you've heard that before, but uh, with V and now you're doing healing, teaching, uh, etc. So what was your journey like to get from, sort of there to here, so to speak. Is there anything that comes up that's yeah, that, so as you deeply we're, sigh? <laughs> <laughs> we're diving right in here. Gosh, okay. So I think that that period of my life was so I was I was 20 when I had quite a a traumatic experience. Um, to, to label it as such, around um, sort of pushing my limits so much and not knowing what my my boundaries were, um, and it's from that moment in time. Um, I think that that moment for me really mm, spawned a lot of my self reflection and my curiosity to get to really know myself in a way that I was really clear on um, when to say yes and when to say no and what I care about and what I like and how I wanted to sort of focus my life. So, yeah, I think that that, I guess I'm sort of speaking quite vaguely wondering, yeah, what do you think? Should I, should I talk about what that video was? Um, or just more specifically talk about like the journey that, that I went on um, as a result of that experience. The, the part that struck me was when you were on the green corduroy couch. Yeah. I felt like that was a, an epiphany of sorts or a, a rock bottom or a moment in which you really had some genuine self-awareness and reflection of like, oh my gosh, what's happening, how did I get here, et cetera. I feel like that's a common thread that I hear from various guests and clients that I work with. And I'm sure you hear that often too, that kind of like reckoning of sorts. Yeah, it was a very much a reckoning. It's so interesting, right? Just saying the green corduroy couch and I can immediately take myself back to that place and that feeling and that moment. Um, and I think that yeah, like I was saying, it it was almost like my words and my actions and my choices, like I was so separate from them for so long. And then on that green corduroy couch, I just finally caught up with myself and with what I, the choices that I had made 
that brought me to that moment in time. And yeah, it was like sort of this deep moment of like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, how did I get here? What? It, sorry, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your face. I was like, great. But like, how did I get here in the literal sense? How did I get here in the symbolic sense? How did I get here in the metaphorical sense? Like, how did I get here? Um, and and I didn't have the answer. And that was extremely hard, like unsettling, painful, challenging all the things. Um, and I think that from that moment on, it, it took, um, yeah, like it really sort of was the motivation I needed to begin that quest of getting to know myself from the inside out so that never again would I get to a moment in my life where I didn't know how I got to that moment, right? Where I wasn't actually connected to my choices, my actions, all the things that, that yeah, moved me through life. Is it fair to say, like, it's that moment where you look in the mirror and just don't recognize yourself or your life? Or is there like a feeling of lostness there or ungrounding or all of the above? Yeah, certainly, certainly lostness, right? Of, of where am I sort of this, this feeling of I'm lost and drifting, but not like the good kind of loss that like you're traveling in the country and like, like the intentional loss, like the unintentional loss, um, feeling of lostness. I think that it's a big distinction. Um, it's like I'm lost both in my physical environment, but first and foremost, I'm lost in myself. And that can feel really, quite honestly, it felt really scary, um, like terrified of, of that moment. Terr- like would never, yeah terrified of the feeling that again and I think that part of the work that I've done over the last decade of my life is to find such a deep sense of of home and sort of like an anchoring in myself so that I can be anywhere in the world in any situation in any environment and still feel um, that sense of familiarity in myself So then is it fair to say that like that experience planted the seed, so to speak, or like that wound gave you purpose, the pain gave you purpose or like, is that part of your why? I mean, it is. Cause I saw it on the video. It's titled like, this is my why, but like, you know what I mean? Right. Like aside it's, from the, the title of the video. Yeah. Um, I just remembered as it was coming out of my mouth, part of my brain was like, you idiot. You just, you read that like an hour ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's a great question. Very much so. And very much a, a part of my why. And, um, we, we hurt where we care and we care where we hurt, right? Like our, our, our pain, our purpose grows from our pain, just as you said. So I think so much of, um, what feels like a, a part of a component of my purpose, um, I no longer sort of hold the, belief that it's like this is my purpose like my one total purpose I think there are, are different components and it evolves over time mm. but for me a big part of it is helping women in particular um, young women in particular uh, learn themselves so that they can feel a, a deep home within themselves that they can come home to themselves and not find themselves in situations such as the one that, that I entered or that I was in. And so when you say come home to yourself or to make a home in yourself, what does that mean? How do you describe that? So I would say it means, right, and we can think about, like I can speak about this in a more esoteric sense and, this, and then get sort of like, practical about what is that what does that process actually um, look like and I think it's about getting to know what 
I call your authentic self. Sometimes it's um, known as your true self, right? Your um, sort of this like core essence um, self. And that it's really about unbecoming all the parts that aren't you and shedding um, the, the mask as you get to know what you like, what you care about, what you stand for, what matters most to you, not from sort of this, right, not thinking about, how do I say it, like really not showing up in the world based on how other people want you to be, but really getting to know who you are at your deepest core and living from, from that place. Um, and I think that, that just pulling in that word, because again, I think about it as, as authenticity, right? Getting to know your authentic self. Um, that authenticity is a, an ongoing conversation with what's true for me now, what's true for me now, what's true for me now, right? It's not this fixed destination, right? This moment at which we arrive at this authentic self, but it is this ongoing um dialogue with with ourselves with what feels true what feels right yeah that's some some more of how i think about it in the in the esoteric self sense yeah i like that idea that your authentic self is perpetually shifting moment to moment day to day and that it to stay in that place to to like keep your home tidy, so to speak. You have to have an ongoing dialogue with yourself about who you are right now or today. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then the practical side of that, (laughs) I feel would be helpful because my own experience alive, uh, (laughs) like life's pretty tough sometimes and confusing and overwhelming and emotional and uh how do you maintain a a practice of authenticity yourself and then how do you teach it to others yeah so good did you hear my feedback brother yeah yeah right and it's like the the embodiment piece of this like i think right getting carried away in, in the concept of authenticity, but but what does that really look like in in the day-to-day? I I really appreciate that. Um, Because sometimes you you see people and they're like, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, sorry, that's just my authentic truth. And it's like, no, you're being an asshole. Like, that's not your authentic self at all. That's just your ego tricking you into thinking that's who you are. Yeah. Right. I, I hate that statement like I'm just being like this I'm just speaking my truth right like speaking your truth doesn't give you permission to be an asshole to to other people right and to not feel right to not um be aware of your impact on others and I think that so much of authenticity is also about being just as you're sort of in a constant conversation with yourself you're also in a constant conversation with your your environment right? And aware of what's the impact I'm having on the other. Um, and so, and how can I take responsibility for, for that impact? So I think that in terms of the, the practical day-to-day of, of what is a practice of authenticity look like? And I think it so begins with finding sort of a ground thing in in myself and I'll think about it through through my experience first so it's like entering the day with a meditation practice with journal like some like morning sort of ritual to like ground me into my my day and, and um and into myself I think that that's a really really big component around yeah how I I stay authentic in in my day-to-day life it's one of the things that I've been noticing lately is um actually 
here, I'll give you a good, clear definition of how I like to use authenticity. So authenticity is alignment between thoughts, uh, between your thoughts, words, feelings, and actions. Authenticity is finding alignment between your thoughts, words, feelings, and actions. Right? So what I think is what I say is how I feel is how I act. And I think that included in actions is decisions. So we can't make a decision or we can't take action without first making a decision. Um, so I think that, right, actually checking in with my words or am I speaking, right, to feel validated by the other or am I speaking what actually feels true for me? Not, at the, not to say that I can say whatever I want and be an asshole to the other, right, but I'm actually... Um, speaking what feels true to me um, while also tending to the impact that I have on others. I am making choices that are in alignment with my values. Right? I think that's a huge component of authenticity is getting to know your values, what matters most to you in the world, that you can't actually do the work of authenticity without knowing what our values are. Um, and then so making choices that align with our, with our values. And from there, taking actions that are in alignment with those choices, right? So this alignment between thoughts, words, feelings, and actions is a really sort of tangible way of thinking about it. Hmm. I like that. To get back to the the asshole dissection, it, like that's that's perhaps a inappropriate yeah. visual, but uh, metaphorically, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? It's just, if you're if you're acting like an asshole, then yeah your actions perhaps are misaligned with your values. If you value things like kindness, love, belonging, etc. Right. And so then you may hypothetically be saying like, Oh, this is my authentic self. or I'm just being authentic. When in fact you are inauthentic because you are not aligned entirely with your feelings, values, behaviors, etc. Right. You're kind of like out of integrity is mm-hmm. is being inauthentic in a sense mm-hmm. is that fair yeah yeah oh i i think that's spot on right like if i if i have a value of kindness but my words are um right not honoring that value I, i'm speaking in an unkind way um to others that's certainly right conflicting with that value and so it's a way in which i'm i may be out of alignment with with my authenticity um, and I think, right, it's a fine line around, um, right, I can still speak what's real and true while just being aware of what, what my, the impact that my words have on, on other people, um, right, so not withholding what I want to say at the expense of another's feelings, but also, right, not just mm-hmm. saying something um, right, that is perhaps unkind or, or cool. Yeah, I recorded this episode with Perry Chase, and we were talking about the idea that honesty is kindness, right? And how sometimes the most kind thing you can do to someone is to speak up in a way that might be received as hurtful by them. Like you might have to make them sad or feel disappointed, but deep down, that value of honesty. And that information is a kind thing to do, but it gives, because it gives them some data to make better decisions, to learn some things, to evolve or grow, et cetera. So that's where I feel like it gets tricky, right? Like, am I authentic? Am I in integrity? Am I being a jerk? Am I uh, not thinking of the other person? And there's lots of like overlapping gray areas, so to speak. Yeah. How do we, how do we navigate that? (laughs) Or is it like trying to figure it out as we go? The the answer, like. Right. And that's, that's reality, right? Like it's not, and were we talking about that? Yeah. It's annoying. Reality. It's annoying. (laughs) Reality is annoying. Um, But it's real, right? Like there's no, that's the thing about authenticity. It's like, there is no formula, 
right? There is no, it is this way and then it's this way. And, and to your point about kindness, it's like kindness isn't pleasing, right? It's not kindness isn't um, like niceness, right? Right. It's, it, there is. And I think that on the note of kindness, everyone needs to define their values for themselves, right? So for you, it sounds like part of that's how you interpret this value of kindness. Um, and that's part of the work of authenticity is right, starting to really define what each value means to you um, because everyone interprets things in a different way. And so, yeah, I also think like, yeah, so there's no formula around this, this experience of authenticity. And that's why I like to think of it as a moment to moment experiment, right? It's like, okay, what, what, what's the experiment that I want to try on right now? Maybe I say something and I check in with myself. Oh, okay. But yeah, that actually felt right. Like I actually just got this sort of body response and that I feel um, that that was in alignment with, with how I really feel. Um, and then maybe sometimes we make a decision and a few minutes or a week later, it's like, oh no, like that, that actually didn't feel right. Can I clean up my mess? And so I think that when it comes to authenticity, perfection is not what we're striving for, right? It doesn't exist. No one's hundred percent authentic hundred percent of the time. Um, but we can, and I think the distinction is, can I right, be willing to make mistakes and, and clean up my mess and, and, um, and try? Yeah. yeah. When you were talking about nobody being authentic, the image that I had in my mind, my brain was like toddlers, like his work oh. in a preschool, like toddlers, I feel like are the most authentic people on the planet. Like I was talking to my sister a couple months ago and like on FaceTime or whatever. And she had like a little four-year-old or a three-year-old and uh, she like shows her the, she turns the screen so I can see the the girl, she's like, uncle Jeremy's on the phone. Say hi. And she just turns and looks at the screen and says, I don't want to talk to him. And I was like, Oh, like that stings and mm -hmm. respect. Like respect. you're sh sharing exactly how you feel without yeah. any intention to cause harm. It was just like, I don't want to talk to him right now. And so I feel like right. toddlers have it and perhaps something gets lost or taught out of us along the way. And I think maybe that relates to what you said earlier about trying to unlearn or unpack certain conditioning that we've taken on. Yeah. Toddlers. So I, I need to rephrase my statement. Toddlers are hundred percent authentic, hundred percent of the time, <laughs> but it's like, so at what point do we, begin to sacrifice our authenticity to be liked or to receive validation or to right feel right better in some way. And that that is a, a learned thing. So it's like we come into the world authentic. Something happens, you know, over a, a period of time. And then a lot of the work is like, okay, can I start to reclaim that sense of, of authenticity? And, and unbecome and start to identify what are the, the masks, the social facing masks that I have right, developed or, or um, yeah, grown and how can I start to shed those masks for the sake of really expressing what's, what's true and real for, for me now. Yeah. It, it almost like has to be done, right? Because you can't just stay 100% authentic as a toddler and then grow up and run governments and have policemen and do all the things, right? So I, I like this idea that it's an ongoing experiment or a conversation. I think that's happening both individually, but also collectively, right? It's like, how real can we be, right? How honest can we be with one another? And things that come to mind are like, um, politically correct statements or um, to your point about people wearing masks or having these superficial identities or pretending to be something they're not. Um, I guess what I'm curious about is where do we, like, 
where do we compromise that? Or what are your thoughts on your thoughts on living an authentic life collectively? Does that make sense? Or is it simply a matter of doing the individual? I'm like, I recognize them completely down the rabbit hole now, but, or is it simply a matter of like, yo, focus on you. That's all you're in control of. That's all, all you can, uh, can influence. And like, if we all did that, we'll be fine. Don't worry about the the bigger picture. So I think (laughs) there's a bunch of random thoughts at you, Talia. (laughs) It's so much about holding the, right. The duality of self and other when it comes to, um, authenticity. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying about right this idea of like collective authenticity um and i guess how i'm trying to decide like how philosophical i, I want to go right now um what feels but, most authentic to so, you tell you yeah <laughs> um one thing i've been i've been doing is because i tend to like be a i, I speak quickly and so i'm actually trying to like slow down i'm not really doing it now but I try to slow down my speech to actually check in with myself and say, hmm. like, do I really want to say that? Like, not in a overthinking kind of way, but like slowing down my words enough to be able to actually like really check in with myself. And, and does this feel um, authentic? I forget why I went on that other tangent just now. Um, but one way of thinking about authenticity is it's something that we we gain through solitude right through our own like our our individual work separate from the other is how we start to develop this sort of core center in in ourselves and the other pull is thinking about authenticity is developed and can only be developed through how we relate to the other, right? That like it, the other is required to sort of reflect back aspects of myself. And so it's, it's from that place that I can actually develop us like sort of this authentic relating with the other. So it's like on one end of the spectrum, we find authenticity in solitude. And the other end of the spectrum, we find authenticity in community in relationship with the other and so I think that it's it's so much about both right like how can I start to do my own individual work separate from um from any from anyone else but we don't live in a world where we're all just these individuals like we are individuals humans walking around but we're always in relation to others um and so i think that authenticity is it it requires community it requires relationship yeah it's really easy to say you you want to be your authentic self and then you are sort of encounter someone that might trigger you or someone that is um yeah just brings something up for you and and that can sometimes yeah, be a test of, of authenticity. Yeah, and to your point about discovering your authentic self through solitude, that is such a rare thing yeah. in our modern society, right? I mean, I know you know, I'm speaking to like a new mother who's working and in partnership, but to have a moment of genuine solitude and aloneness and quiet where you can do nothing else than just check in with who you really are in that moment, I feel is a rare thing that must be intentionally pursued, so to speak. Like, do you have practices where you, where you do that? Is meditation an example of that? Or you said you have a morning ritual where you check in? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that in terms of a, a practice, meditation um, is a way to access solitude, writing, um, is a way to access solitude. Um, I wonder if, if you have that experience. I think for me, writing is like one of the places where I feel safest and actually most connected to myself. Um, 
I find solitude in reading. I find solitude in uh, nature, um, hiking, sort of in, in the quiet. And, and I think that people, right, solitude isn't loneliness, right? That's almost the, the shadow of, of solitude and that we live in a world where so many people like deeply fear that, right? Just being alone, um, that like a fear of loneliness where also solitude is something that's, that's available to um, someone that starts to get more comfortable in, in spending time on their own. And I think right, this is part of what I'm studying um, in grad school, but it's that like, the impact of technology on our ability to actually access solitude um, and therefore develop that sort of center authentic core. Um, and I think that, yeah, it's a big, it's a big modern challenge um, because there are just so many distractions that are constantly pulling us away from, from ourselves. Um, right. And so if we don't actually have the time to, to pause and listen to the voice within, it's hard to get really familiar with that voice and, Yeah. And even when you start to do that work, I imagine it's pretty confronting or uncomfortable or scary to discover who you genuinely are. Like going back to your story about being on that couch, it was like, my mom calls them come to Jesus moments, where it's like, oh shit, come to Jesus moments. It's like the, the, scab is kind of ripped off, right? Or there's this download into your bones. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is what's real. And how do you help people navigate that? I think that's some of the work that you do, yeah, with clients. What are some common things that may arise when people start to pursue an authentic life or start practicing solitude? Yeah, gosh, it, it's so true what you're what you're saying like how confronting it can be when we start to slow down and, and really start to pay attention to um yeah to what's authentic or or, or the work um but actually doing doing this type of work and so that's why so many of us avoid it um, and certainly there's been times in my life where, where I have avoided it as well because of how intense it can feel. Um, I think that what's true for me now is the realization that authentic doesn't mean, like, it's not necessarily leading you to more joy and more happiness and more, quote unquote, sort of positive feeling that there there is like it's a welcoming of every emotion and every part and every experience and a validating of every emotion and every part and every experience um and I think like that sort of the core of what I do in my personal work as well as with with my clients it's like there's nothing off limits Every every part, every feeling gets in, gets a seat at the table, um, and so right. I've I've done a lot of um, studying of uh, Jungian psychology um, in grad school, and right, a big part of uh, Jung's work is on this sort of the shadow archetype, right? So this this darkness um, that lives within. Um, each of us, right, the in an individual and in a collective sense in, in all of nature. Um, and I think that part of the sort of the work of discovering one's authentic self is a grappling with the darkness within, the parts that we don't like, the parts that um, are really uncomfortable for us to be with. And that's a necessary part of um, yeah, 
sort of finding an in integrated authenticity. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of work on the parts that we don't like about ourselves um, and and being with those parts and accepting those. Can you say more about that? The yeah. the work that you do, the experiences that you had in terms of integrated is that integrated authenticity. Is that what you just yeah, said? Yeah, I say integ integrated because it's like not like shadowy authenticity, like just saying to someone, I'm I'm just speaking my truth. Like right. a grounded. Yeah. It's like the the whole spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. I think I see this all the time is people start to do the work. They want to be happier. They want to be more fulfilled. They want to make more money. They want to have better relationships. And you're like, great, cool. Let's dive into the darkness. It's like, oh, no, no, no. That's I, no, I want all of the good stuff. You're like, no, yeah, you'll get that. But you have to, uh, all the good stuff's hiding over here in shadows. Like, you gotta, gotta dive in. And I like that way that you put that about integrated authenticity of the wholeness, the whole spectrum the entirety of aliveness mm -hmm. so to speak yeah and i think like that's authenticity right it's like sort of this this integration of of all the different parts of ourselves right like you said that's that full spectrum the totality of of our experience um and yeah right so so many of us just sort of run away from from the dark parts and, and those pieces that are really confronting and I and I understand why. Right. right. How it's like terrifying and uncomfortable and, and scary and hard and yeah. And real and true. What are some ways that you support people through that terrifying journey? I think it's a lot about like just normalizing the experience um and i yeah normalizing the experience of, of what people are going through and i recognize we're, we're in esoteric land right now um but it's like um it, it's really there's not much to do right and i think like that's not much to do in the sense of like, it's not something to be fixed or solved. It's something to, to sit with and be with. And mm. in my work, it's like being able to, to hold that space with another person and to sit and be with, with another as they're moving through their, their own um, internal challenges or dark parts or, or facing those um, aspects of, of themselves. Um, yeah, it's about witnessing, being with, holding, um, allowing versus needing to, to fix or solve it. Yeah. The, uh, like when somebody is saying to you, like, I just feel really sad. It's like, yeah, you feel sad. Like you're doing it right. There's this misconception that doing the work and going to therapy, et cetera, is like, oh, I'm doing it wrong because I'm frustrated or, I don't want to talk about this or I don't want to be here. You're like, oh no, you're this is it. Like, well, well done. Like great awareness. Like you're you're on your way, etc. And I think to to mirror that and to support whatever comes up is just like a really powerful thing. You know? Along that same line, I heard one of your favorite words is responsibility. So I wanted to do that. probably you did on your video uh, that I watched <laughs> <laughs> or I read it somewhere or I, I don't know. I was snooping your, your website earlier, but I figured I would just toss that softball into the conversation at some point, which is like, what's the deal? Responsibility. How does it relate to authenticity? Why do you like that word? A lot of people don't like that word. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? It's like, I wonder, one, I haven't updated my website in quite some time. So <laughs> <laughs> my, thoughts, my thoughts have probably changed, but I think so responsibility, why I like that word. It's like responsibility, I just think of it as my ability to respond, right? 
my response ability, to my, my ability to respond in a skillful way to each moment of my life. Right? And not through a lens of fear, fantasy, or distortion, not through a lens of, um, right, like through, through, from a, from a place of like really responding to um, each moment as it comes. Um, and sort of what I was saying before around like no one else is going to do the work for you. Um, no one else is going to take the reins of your life. We can, we can drift through our lives or we can pull the reins ourselves and decide which way, which way is this, um, like, which ways am I going to go? Which way is the, um, will I drive, will I drive the car? Um, and I think that responsibility to me is, is quite empowering, um, in the sense of, right, it, it, it is me and only, it is up to me and only me to decide the, the, where my life, um, where my life goes. And, and I think responsibility also has to be, um, sort of paired with acceptance of what is, um, because I think that sometimes with responsibility, there can be like, I just want to will my way into everything or force things. And that, um, it's being able to, yeah, take responsibility for what you can control and, and letting go of that, which can't be controlled or accepting that which is beyond your control. Yeah. It's like a, an invitation of sorts, like a magic trick. It's like, Hey, take some responsibility and you can make your life whatever you want it to be. You can choose different stories, choose different beliefs, quit your job, try something new, etc. And so I, I like that. It's, it's empowering, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Empowering of like, you know, also we don't always right, like not to always, Feel like a victim of our circumstances, but that we have the power to, right, to choose to look at a perspective differently, to take action, right? Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. What have we, uh, what have we not touched on that you feel like screaming at the world? Is there anything that you're like, Jeremy, why didn't you ask me about blah? Like, is there anything we haven't covered or? What does authenticity mean to you? Oh, gosh. When the guest flipped the script. <laughs> uh, what does it mean to me? Yeah, I think I agree with what you described earlier about where everything is in alignment. Like a word that I like a lot is integrity. Um, and I feel like perhaps integrity is a, a manifestation of authenticity whereby, uh, like I had a guest on Beth Handel, and she talked about integrity being a life where your values and your actions are aligned and you can keep a promise to yourself. And so for me, I'm being authentic. I feel like the, that requires a certain amount of integrity, whereby my values and my actions are aligned. And it can be uncomfortable, at times to live a life of integrity and speak the truth and stand up for what you desire. Right. And at the same time, there's this deep inner kind of strength that I feel comes with that, like, or a pride or an ease in a sense. Like I often joke that I'm a lazy man. And so lying to me just feels so hard. It's like so much work to have to remember who you said what to and what was promised and how even putting on masks. Maybe I'm just getting old. Like putting on masks in different situations, socially or otherwise, just feels like a lot of work. So for me, authenticity is kind of like the lazy man's approach to living. It just feels energetically easier on some sense but at the same time, energetically costly as you learn the ropes of that, so to speak. 
like now I'm, I'm much more comfortable saying things that might, you know, make, make a client cry or like disappoint someone or decline an invitation. Right. I'm just like, fuck it. I don't care. Um, I know that this is a no for me. And also to your point about the other, like I'm living with an individual Kendra Dachi, who's like very good at honoring her truth. Like that is the stake in the ground upon which her life seems to revolve, like high integrity, extreme authenticity. And so I get it mirrored to me in relationship frequently for better and worse, depending on the moment and how I'm feeling. But like, it's nice to, to be immersed in an environment in which that is completely normalized. Right. And so as a consequence of that, when I go out into the world and I see things or I read things or I experience individuals or events, I feel like my um, inauthenticity radar is now heightened as a consequence of greater exposure to authentic people, friendships, relationships, purpose, etc. Like, have you watched like late night talk show TV now, or even like talk shows in general? They're so fucking fake. Like the the guests are all covered in makeup and the lighting's perfect and they know exactly what they're going to be asked and they've rehearsed the answers and there's these cheesy jokes and it's like, this is like repulsive in a sense to me now. Rated reality. Yeah. I want the real shit. I want the shadow stuff. Where's the, where's the authentic connection, conversation, et cetera, which I, Anyway, I'm completely rambling, but that is what authenticity means to me. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> thank you for asking. Did uh, that answer your question? Oh, it can. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you? Can I ask a follow up question? Because I'm just curious. Your thoughts? Sure. Obviously, what do you think? Hmm, how do you think the that social media impacts authenticity? Well, geez, that's a rabbit hole, isn't it? <laughs> I think that well, it works both ways, right? And so what I've seen over the last you know, several years in this space is a recognition that authenticity is strategically good for business, so to speak. I guess I'm answering this from a professional perspective because a lot of my work is online and that, but I try to reverse engineer why I follow the people and adore the people that I do on social media. And oftentimes, if you reverse engineer far enough, I find that I just genuinely like who they are and I, and I can feel them like their content, their stories, their photos. Like I genuinely can like feel them being a human and my human appreciates that. Versus an account, a person, a company, a brand, et cetera, that puts things out onto social media. And it just feels misaligned. That, that idea of, of being an authenticity uh, antenna or a radar, you can just feel it. It's like, this isn't you. Like, you're trying to sell me shit or you're manipulating me to buy your product or this is a focused group talk that you're giving clearly, or like, I don't believe that you believe the things you're saying. Like, there's just like this feeling inside and I don't love that. In my experience, like once you have access to the, to the real shit, it's like, ah, it's the same reason I don't eat McDonald's anymore. It's like, no, I don't eat that. I like that. I want the real stuff. Give me real food. I want like, give me a carrot, you know, <laughs> make me a sandwich. It's like the real ingredients. It's, it's the same thing. I feel like I'm just perpetually undertaking a quest for like genuine existence, like real aliveness, like I want the real stuff. And so in saying that, 
I'm also really glad that social media was not around when I was a kid, especially a teenager, and definitely in college because I would have been arrested. But I mean, social media is yikes. <laughs> how are you gonna how are you gonna like raise your kid? Like imagine what it's gonna be like in another 10, 12 years when it's teenager. I really am just like praying for the development of some counterculture, right? Like because in yeah, in what you're saying, right? Like I, I think that the world this is funny because I know I was recommending this to you earlier um, on, but like the world is hungry for reality. Like, and I think that that hunger is going to just like for the authentic, for the real. Mm -hmm. And I think as you were speaking, Jeremy, it's like, so the two measurements for you around sustaining authenticity in the world of social media or Instagram is, can I feel this person? And wait, what was the second thing? Do I believe can I feel this? <laughs> like, yeah, right? Right. Can I feel this person? Do I do I believe them? Like, how do I feel when I when I am with them? And I think that, right, like we're we're dark, like our, our world is just gonna be increasingly more desirous of this. Oh, mm. this is the other one. Human. You said that multiple times. Like, can I feel mm. them? And it's just like I'm a human, they're a human. And like that, I think of of like at the root of authenticity as I, as I speak about it, it's like this awakening of like the depths of our humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And like all, all that is there. Um, and that is not something that is felt in a curated environment. It's not something that is felt right with, with the mass without sort of like the depth of the human behind the mass. Um, so when yeah. you say, yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I was just reminded, like, a couple of days ago, I got this comment on something I posted. I did this podcast with Jade Electra, and she's exposing this dude that. Well, I had to have a disclaimer at the front, but she's alleging that he is a cult leader yeah. and has done some very abusive and manipulative things, and I believe her. But one of the one of the comments on that post was was something like, "Hey, Jeremy, I don't follow a lot of men on the internet because I don't get a good vibe from them, but you feel good, so thank you for being you." And like that to me is like such a meaningful comment. Like that's, that's a hundred times better than like, I like your writing or this is the best thing I've ever read. It was like, I feel you based upon how you are showing up in this social media space. And that feels good. And like, thank you for that. And like for me, at least my values, the way that I desire to be a human and do work in this planet is like that. It's like, I want to try to make the world better. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think it's just that. And I totally agree with you that we're starved for reality. We are starved for authenticity, which is why I think I mentioned that it's a strategic business decision it's because it's the magic stuff. It's rare and it's special and it's impactful. It is connecting, uniting. And, uh, and to my point about being lazy, it's like, it's pretty easy. It's like, you have to trust and surrender to yourself. That's the work though, right? To all the stuff that you do and talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think like, yeah, even I hear what you're saying of like, from a business perspective, people like authenticity and they're, they're drawn to that or attracted to that. But mm. even like, is, is authenticity something that can be strategized, right? Or is that something yeah. that starts to, like, I think it, I think it, it, right. But it's like, even, yeah. even that is like a selling point. It's like, oh, the world wants authenticity now. Let me go be authentic because yeah. I want, but I still just want to be validated or to receive, um, right. It's more nuanced than that, but it's like the moment that, we even like, yeah, is that, is that fair? Yeah. It's like, it's an egoic trap, right. Of like, Oh, I'm so honest and I'm so real and I'm so authentic. And it's like, well, are you though? I don't know. It's like a, I've definitely read some stuff on the internet where I'm like, 
you've you've like swung and i've probably written some stuff now looking back and thinking about it like i've probably written some stuff where in the moment i'm like i'm just speaking my truth but the underlying subconscious intention was like i desire praise love adoration right i've i've seen some stuff i'm like i don't believe that like i i can't feel you in this truth it feels manufactured right and so again i go back to the idea that I think when you're in the presence of genuine truth, it like you just know, like you can't fake it. I think maybe. Right. Right. And that's right. That's, that's a, I, I don't think you can, like, I, I have to believe in the world that like that genuine, authentic, your truth, like that self experience that you're describing yeah. that cannot be manufactured. Like um, AI isn't going to manufacture, like, virtual reality, like social media, in, you know, all the different things mm. that there is. Again, I, I'm like one of those people that wants to move to a forest and like raise my, like just be this sort of like live on like a keyboard, like something in that way and like never touch technology ever again. But I also recognize that except for Google Maps, I always say like, I want, <laughs> I want Google Maps to come with me because it would just very complicated um, yeah. to navigate my yeah. way around the world. Google Maps. Google Maps. Like maybe Uber once in a while. Like Uber yeah. Eats or some, some food. Um, well, this is wonderful. You're wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, for, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for all your knowledge. And I know you've got an outdated website, but yeah. where, and you're teaching a thing in early May, yeah. but where can people get into your world, Talia? Yeah, that's a, um, so that's a good question. Where can people get into my, get into my world? Um, I would say that so I'm, I am off social media for, for the most part. However, I am, as you said, leading a program, um, through mindful MFP, through what do you call our Vienna? There. I wrote a I wrote a spoken word poem for their wedding. Yeah, yeah and I right. did a whole thing about her being like, <laughs> you'd like it because you know her now. It's like, what was it? A conscious queen on a throne with the mind of of her own. Miss, I'll take New York by storm, and I'll oh fuck, what was it? Like I'll box twelve rounds on my way home, and then share a post I wrote because I'm an Instagram celebrity and people always talk to me and tell me things about their family history. I don't know. I wrote this whole thing anyway. Okay. She's, she's, I, I need to see that. It's on her, um, it's on her Instagram, like, oh. uh, her videos anyway, but she's wonderful. You work with her. You're leading a training yeah. about authenticity. Leading a training about authenticity. It's reclaiming authenticity. And it's really about getting to know your authentic self. And, and really learning how that part of you can be the leader of your life, right? Your choices, your actions. Um, and it's an eight-week program. Um, I super, super, um, yeah, just like a, a, a beautiful journey. Um, lots of um, powerful work. Um, and I'd say like that's the best at this point in time, um, yeah. just finding me via the mindful MSP website is yeah the the best the best way of of locating um me at the moment and then is there a, a site for that eight-week program or there will be there okay. will be yeah okay. it's so for the website is newyorkcouplescounseling.com i can put a link to that in the show notes okay awesome yeah okay cool if you're listening, check that out. An eight-week guided program to your authentic self and finding your way home inside. Is that reasonable? Perfectly said. Love it. Okay. All right, friend. Well done. Thanks. Thanks for this. It's fun. So that's Talia Guten talking all about authenticity. As mentioned, you could work with her directly. There's a link in the show notes. You could apply for a phone call conversation on the internet. And then periodically she runs group programs through mindfulness 
MFT, I think it's called. Mindful MFT? New York Couples Counseling.com. Anyway, does group programs about authenticity. You can get involved in that. And uh, more than anything, just get involved. Get involved with your life. Get involved with your passion. Get involved with your truth. Get involved with what excites you. Get involved with your feelings. Just get involved, you know? Anyway, I adore you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the five-star reviews, for spreading the word, for sharing the podcast on Instagram and tagging me and saying, this changed my fucking life, Jeremy. You're so handsome. I love you. Even though uh, no one has yet uh, said that, but I'm sure it's coming at some point. And um, yeah, you can find me online at Long Distance Love Bombs. I send a weekly newsletter out and I'm on Instagram too. Thanks for being here. And I will talk to you soon.